Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer and His Word. On our last podcast, we taught on the will of the Lord, what His will actually is. And as Scripture states in 1 Corinthians 15, 24, it says, Then comes the end, when He hands over the kingdom of God and Father, when He has abolished all rule and authority. We found out that God is working through time to restore the heavenly community to Himself through purification and sanctification that is brought through the Lord Jesus Christ. To state the ultimate will of the Lord plainly, it is this, I will be your God and you will be my people. That is what our Heavenly Father wants and is working to accomplish. We, as the body of Christ and believers, should be cooperating with Him in His goals. Knowing that God has a greater will that is His main focus allows us then to be able to understand how the finer points of His will then work together and how we fit into that that role. So, in other words, what is what his will is for healing, for salvation, etc. We, Christians or believers, should know or understand what the will of the Lord is, so that we can then come into alignment with his will and cooperate in carrying it out, which is the focus of this teaching. Cooperating or operating in his will. Looking at the human element, Or what is our role in his will? So the question is, how then do we cooperate or operate in his will and begin to flow with him? Psalm 40, 6-11 describes Jesus, who is our pattern and example in his heart's desire. It says, Sacrifice and meal offering you have not desired. My ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I come... In the scroll of the book it is written of me, I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have proclaimed glad tidings of righteousness in the great congregation. Behold, I will not restrain my lips, O Lord, you know. I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great congregation. You, O Lord, will not withhold your compassion from me. Your loving kindness and your truth will continually preserve me. Now Jesus lived out his time on earth with a single desire to do his heavenly Father's will. It says, in other words, I will be your God and you will be my people. And in turn, bringing the Lord glory. Completion of the will of the Lord and doing it in the way that God says that he wants it done. That brings him glory, instead of doing what we want to do, and then saying, hey, Lord, bless it. Or, in other words, get in line with us. Now, Paul encourages us and explains this exact principle. Jesus' desire or delight to do the will of the Lord and the restoration of the heavenly community in Philippians 2, 5-11, when he then exhorts us to Have this attitude or mind 
in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. So one thing that we must do in operating or cooperating in the Lord's perfect will is to empty ourselves of self-will. If we seek to save our own lives or the things that we value or are important to us, then we will lose them. Jesus clearly states that for us in the Gospels. Think of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and what words he spoke. He acknowledged the pain and the suffering that he was experiencing But then he also quickly dealt with his flesh by saying and submitting himself to the Father and vocalizing and verbalizing, Lord, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And he did that as often as he needed to, to make sure that he stayed Mm -hmm. in alignment with the Father. Amen. Every event and incident in our lives is an opportunity to seek our Heavenly Father for His will in the situation. We should be seeking Him, being instructed by Him through His Holy Spirit throughout our day, even as we are doing mundane things, because we are developing godly habits or patterns for when extreme or serious situations arise. But it's just as important in the small things and the small details as it is in the great things. And whether it's in our lives or the lives of the people around us or as parents, the lives of our children, um, to be always listening and seeking and desiring to hear the opinion and the perspective of the Father through the Holy Spirit. Also, we should choose instead of focusing on what we want to focus on his will and how he wants to accomplish it. God is very specific about his goals. He doesn't make random choices, if you will. He wants us to ask him not only what he wants to do, but how he wants to do it and his timing for that thing as well. So that means we should ask the Holy Spirit for his help in knowing or perceiving what the will of the Lord is in whatever situation or circumstance that we face. And we also should ask him first before we do anything else, not after we've tried everything else. Asking him first, seeking him first, right, mm-hmm. makes those things sure in our life. And then once we ask him what he wants to do, then we should obey him. It doesn't make any sense to ask a question and then ignore the answer that he provides, even if it's not one that you particularly like or want to hear. Make yourself obey. Make yourself come into alignment. As Paul talks about, he buffets his flesh so that after he is run, he won't be disqualified. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit only see things accurately. So this means only their judgment is accurate and absolutely the truth. We never have to be afraid that if we listen to them, we are going to be wrong or disappointed in the outcome or that some aspect of what needs to be taken care of is going to be missed or ignored. 
He is perfect in everything that he does and in all his ways. So we should just listen. Absolutely. <laughs> and now, let's look at a, at a situation that which that came up. And it, the story we're going to look at is, is Lazarus, found in John chapter 11. We will be getting in verse 1. And we're going to look at that story because will, many know it's Lazarus being raised from the dead. But in it, we are given an example of how these exact principles that we were just discussing looked in Jesus' day-to-day life. And it is the pattern or example of how we should approach every situation in our life. Mm-hmm. So beginning in verse 1. It says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was the Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So the sister sent word to him, that is Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he who knew love is sick. Now in these first few verses, we are made aware of a dire situation, the, the full extent of which we don't actually realize until verse 5. Nevertheless, it's a situation that we've, we either have or will inevitably face at some point in our life. A situation when someone very dear to us isn't doing well. And through some sequence of events, they've become ill. And eventually we're made aware of that point or circumstance that they find themselves in. But now typically when these times occur in our life, we're busy trying to process the information coming in. Our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, and wrap our minds around it. And then we end up providing a response, which typically suits the societal norms or on par with the severity of the situation. However, as we look at the next few verses, we find that that was not Jesus' response at all. So let's take a look at John 11, verses 4 through 11. But when Jesus heard this, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he then stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. This he said, and after that, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go so that I may awaken him out of, this, out of sleep. Christ responded with insight concerning the outcome of the situation. Insight which could only have been revealed and provided by God through the Holy Spirit. It wasn't something that he reasoned or planned or came up with on his own. This is what he got from the Lord concerning the situation. And this can only happen because Jesus was listening to the Holy Spirit and seeking guidance for every moment and every day from the Lord, his Father, God the Father. Jesus only lived to do the will of the Father so that the Father would be glorified. He knew the situation would be used for the glory for the glory of God after the Lord told him that. And Jesus remained in God's perfect will at all times, 
by choice. That was his choice to do the will of the Father. Mm -hmm. Not Mm -hmm. something that was easy for him or just automatic because he was God in the flesh, God in man form. It was something that he learned and practiced and willingly did. It was Jesus's will to obey the will of the Father. He was so focused on the Father's will that he didn't even have to fight the natural response to run to the aid of someone who was in dire straits, demonstrated by waiting for two extra days, because that's what the Lord told him to do. (laughs) How many of us would have run to Lazarus the moment we heard about a situation? And the next question I would ask is this, what would we have done? What would anyone do besides sit there? taking up space and seeing people go through a range of emotions and going through a range of emotions yourself. How was the Lord glorified by this? Jesus stayed where he was because that's what the Lord asked him to do. That's what, what the Lord told him. And he completed the task that was assigned to him by the Father for that place. He didn't stop early or come shy of completing the objective and the goal that was dedicated and purposed by the father where he already was. But he waited until he got the answer about his role from God concerning Lazarus in that situation. And when he received it, there was nothing that could stop him from completing the next phase of what the heavenly father commanded, verses seven through nine, even to the shock and surprise of his disciples in verses 12 through 16. The example we see in Christ Jesus perfectly demonstrates our role in carrying out the Lord's will, what the Lord is seeking to accomplish and how he has chosen to go about carrying it out. I know that in the flesh, it might seem like we have a better idea and a more convenient plan that's faster and maybe we feel like it might get the job done better, but I, I believe that's a trick of the enemy because it's bound to fail. Everything that we do and carry out in our flesh can only do just that fail. But when we abide in him, when we abide in the truth and in in Jesus Christ, we can't help but be successful and succeed. The perfect will of the Father accomplishes everything. Everything. Amen. Amen. And we see exactly what we're just talking about here. The example in Christ played out in verses 12 through 16. says, the disciples then said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now, Jesus had spoken of his, being Lazarus's death, but they thought that he was speaking of literal sleep. So Jesus then said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Therefore Thomas, who was called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go, so that we may die with him. Now, when we look at this situation with our natural eyes or what's staring us in the face and given those things higher authority or esteem, value, importance, we are unable to see and hear what the Lord is directing us to do, which is his will in the situation. And we can see that laid out here. I mean, I was going to joke, oh, he's sleeping. No, no, he's actually dead. Mm -hmm. But he knew Christ knew his role in the perfect will of the Lord, mm-hmm. which was to go raise him from the dead. Mm-hmm. But again, Christ never went by what his eyes saw mm-hmm. or by what his ears heard. And that's plainly stated in Isaiah eleven three. Mm-hmm. Christ also knew the purpose. He understood the purpose of the Father, and that's important as well. Yes. 
He got the big picture. He got the big <laughs> picture and he came in line with it. Mm-hmm. Always. That's exactly what, again, what's stated in Isaiah 11, 1 through 3. It says, Then a shoot will spring up from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. In particular, atten- pay particular attention to verse 3. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord, and he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear. Amen. Jesus received everything. Mm-hmm. Guidance and direction concerning what to say and what to do from God, his heavenly Father, through the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That is how he knew and understood his role and what was required of him. He never substituted his heavenly Father or the given purpose or role for what anybody else thought he should be doing. Mm-hmm. And this applies to each and every one of us. Yeah. And we can trace this all the way back to Adam. Mm -hmm. Amen. In Genesis 2, verses 19 through 20, we're going to take a look and, and read there. Out of the garden, the Lord formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. God gave Adam instructions concerning his role and his purpose. Included in those instructions were naming everything on earth. Whatever Adam called it was its name. The Lord didn't correct Adam or go behind him and change the name. In the same way, this applies to Jesus, because he, Jesus, is the last Adam. And as we read in Philippians, he is the firstborn among many brethren. Paul continues to tell us throughout scripture, Christ is the last Adam. Romans 5, 12 through 14. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, Death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the offense of Adam, who was a type of him who was to come. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 45 through 47 also says, So also it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. (laughs) However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural then the spiritual. The first man is from the earth, earthly. The second man is from heaven. Amen. Now you may be asking yourself, what does this have to do with me? (laughs) And here's the answer. We are to bring everything, everything before the Lord. Everything must be brought before the Lord. And whatever he calls it, or what he says about the situation. That is what it is. Amen. Jesus true. did this exact thing with God, the Heavenly Father. Which is why Jesus repeatedly stated throughout his ministry that he didn't speak of his own initiative. We can look at John 12, 49 through 50. 
For I did not speak on my own initiative, but the Father who sent me has given a commandment as to what to say and what to speak. I know that his commandment is eternal life. Therefore, the things I speak, I speak just as the Father has told me. Or what about John fourteen thirty one? But so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly, exactly. as the Father commanded me. Amen. Now get up and let us go from here. So whatever he says to speak or do, that solely, exactly, is the thing that you and I mm -hmm. must say or do. Mary, Jesus' mother, recognized this exact principle as fact when she brought the concerns of the wedding party to Jesus in John 2, chapter 5. She told them, do exactly what he says. Amen. It is the same principle that we need to live out our lives in. Mm -hmm. um, trust him. Trust the Lord. It's the only way we can accomplish that. <laughs> That's right. Hebrews eleven six says, Without faith it is impossible to please God, and that they that come to him must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Amen. Trust that he knows, can, and will do exactly what needs to be done to get the job done and in a way that is thorough and entire and not lacking in any way. John eleven thirty seven through 44. But some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man also from dying? So Jesus, again, being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the, of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but because of the people standing around, I said it so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The man who had died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Mm -hmm. You know, something to know about God's character and Jesus is that it bothers him when we don't trust him. And when we don't believe him, it bothers him. It wasn't pity for the family. It was their unbelief that troubled Jesus. Mm. Why would you cry over someone that you know is going to be raised? It, it doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. <laughs> and the all-knowing God knew that. And Jesus, who had come and spent time with the Holy Spirit and the Father before ever even coming there, knew this as well. And he plainly stated it previously to the disciples. But if we don't understand his purpose... We won't be able to trust him. And so it, it's important. That is so important for us to spend that time with the Lord. And it doesn't always take a long time to get the information, but there has to be a development of knowing his voice, a, de a development of that intimacy that comes in relationship where we are anticipating him speaking to us, anticipating the sound of his voice, and we recognize him immediately and we know him and love to hear the counsel 
that he provides to us, as opposed to seeking our own will and trying to go about things in our own way. Amen. Yes. Because only when we do that and follow his instructions to the letter, if you will, will we see the results, the God kind of results Mm -hmm. that we so desperately want to see in our lives. And we can look at this situation and and ask ourselves, well, what were the results or the fruit of obedience to the perfect will of the Lord? And Mm -hmm. yes, Lazarus was raised from the dead, absolutely. But there was way more fruit than that, Mm -hmm. especially in the lives of the people that day. If we jumped ahead, if you will, to John 12, verses 17 through 19, we can see some of that. And this is when Jesus is entering into Jerusalem. And it says, So the people who were with him, when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to testify about him. And for this reason also, the people went and met him, because they heard that he had performed this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, You see that you are not doing any good. Look, the world has gone after him. The section of scripture occurs, like I said, when Jesus was riding a donkey into Jerusalem before he was crucified. But Jesus, because of his total obedience to the Father's perfect will, led people to follow the Lord. But there's two other things that should to stand out to us. The people who witnessed the, the miracle were still following Jesus. Mm-hmm. They left their homes and all they had to follow him into Jerusalem and were continuing to testify of the miracle that the Lord had performed through him, Mm -hmm. which in turn caused other people to meet Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then two, the Pharisees, along with their plans to mitigate the impact of Jesus' earthly ministry, were completely turned around, and the situation was used to showcase the glory of the Lord. Mm -hmm. The crowds followed Jesus and proclaimed his name, grew to the point of the Pharisees stating, the world has gone after him. In other words, as a result of Jesus' obedience, others were able to come into their own personal relationship with the Lord. More people were drawn in and had the chance to believe in him because he followed the plan, the perfect will of the Lord. And he didn't approach the situation from a human fleshly perspective which is limited because the human perspective is always limited. Mm -hmm. It does not account for or include the things of God. The Mm -hmm. humanistic approach can only at best provide limited results. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is why we are to let God direct our paths. Limitless results is what will be achieved. Limitless results that changes people's lives, actual and lasting change. Amen. For the better. That only comes from the Lord. That's right. And look at how many people were impacted because Jesus listened only to the Father through the Holy Spirit and did what was pleasing to God, his heavenly Father's sight. Mm-hmm. Not one, not what everyone else thought Jesus should do. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's throughout his ministry. And how many more people's needs were met during Christ's earthly ministry with the plan of God, than what would or could have been met if he, if Jesus, had done the things according to what his natural eyes saw mm-hmm. or by what others were trying to direct his actions toward mm-hmm. 
or even how they desired him to handle this, this Lazarus's urgent situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As it comes down to our own lives, mm -hmm. if we really love someone, mm -hmm. Christ, but also others, mm -hmm. then we should do what God tells us to do or you to do concerning them. Mm -hmm. That is the only way you can be sure things will work out for them. Amen. Yeah. When we're concerned for people, don't take it into your own hands. Let's not do that. Let's practice putting it into the Father's hands and asking the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our captain, right? The captain of our salvation, what needs to be done, what he would ask us to do, what our role is for him, for the outcome and the best concerning the people that we're concerned about. Um, we want them to be received and welcome into his arms because he's their Lord. He's the only one that can keep them. Amen. And we want God's best for them as well. Amen. So that's a habit that we should practice um, lovingly. You know, Jesus saw incredible results during his earthly ministry. And we too can have the same kind of results that he did. Results that are to the glory of God, our heavenly father. Resor results that are unstoppable. And this can only be accomplished by remaining in God's perfect will, not mm -hmm. permissible will, not his okay or good will. Because in that, when you're in the, that can be a dangerous place to be, <sighs> being outside of the perfect will of God. Because yeah, that absolutely. means that there's, we've been left to the flesh to accomplish things. And that's definitely not what we want in any circumstance. We want God to intervene for us Amen. and say only the things that he tells us to say. And doing only those things he tells us to do. Nothing more and nothing less. Not adding to his instructions or taking away or halfway doing it, completing only a portion of it, of the instructions that he's given us. And definitely not trying to overlay our plans or our will over his will. As it pertains to us concerning Jesus being the last Adam and the firstborn of many brethren, Allow everything in your life to pass before him so that he may call it or name it whatever it is. He is only going to tell us the truth. So bring it to him to receive insight, wisdom, and understanding, as well as guidance. Amen. Know that the outcome and the results will look like what he wants them to look like. And most likely it will not be what you thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Because we're limited in our thinking as humans and our perspective is often very small. But he sees all, he knows all, and he is everywhere all at the same time. Amen. And he never fails. So Amen. just know it's not going to be what you think it should be or how you think it should be carried out or, or go. It's not going to go according to your plan. And begin to be okay with that. Trust him and be okay with it being what he wants it to be. He said, I will be your God and you shall be my people. Be assured for certain that he will, that if you follow him, his way and his will, he will get the glory out of our life and he will be pleased with the outcome of the situations and he'll be pleased with you. And the glory of God is what it's all about, right? <laughs> that he would be glorified. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name, Jesus. And amen. Amen.
Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. If you have any questions, comments, a prayer request, or a praise report, please email us at adayofprayer at yahoo.com. You can also find A Day of Prayer on our website, adayofprayer.org, or Podbean at adayofprayer.podbean.com, where you can listen and download the latest teachings. And we're also on Facebook, A Day of Prayer 2018, where you'll find updates, information about upcoming events and seminars, and the latest topics of prayer that the Lord is speaking to us. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.